Hi, everybody, and welcome into the latest episode of Small Talk. Steve Cerruti and Michelle Smallman are here with you. We've decided just a quick executive decision before we started rolling here. We're not going to announce what podcast number it is anymore because we're doing this like every four months. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Keeping chronological track of these episodes, it's kind of insignificant, Steve. It doesn't matter. It's good to be back. I've missed you. I've missed everybody. I've missed talking about nothing with uh, with you for, <laughs> for however many months it's been since we were last on. But you did have Cody Rixby. On. So that technically does count. And he's a much bigger star than I am. And I'm sure people are much more interested in listening to him than I am. So uh, I did enjoy that. He's good. The only thing is, I was talking about this with with Maddie, uh, my wife, if which, I don't even know why I say that anymore. Everyone <laughs> to this podcast, but Maddie is my wife. And when I do Pell, I don't do a lot of Cody rides because I love Cody. Like he's fun. The energy's fun. Obviously, like what does it let out your inner uh, your inner or whatever he says you're, yeah. you're in a hoe you're in a hoe is what yeah. it is. Mm -hmm. he and i don't align on music taste so i don't do a ton of cody classes but i but i really like cody so it's kind of sucks i never actually get to do his classes even though i want to and you know he's right in my wheelhouse a britney a rihanna a whitney really anyone in the divas category cody's gonna make it hit a lot of boy bands yeah and i love a cody class because it feels like i'm at brunch with a friend and not dying on an exercise bike yeah, there's some people, some of them who and I'm not going to name names, but who it's it's just a it's work. You're like, oh, okay, this is just oh, like the grind. I will, I will name names. It's Alex Toussaint. Alex, Alex okay, <laughs> yeah, his classes are great. I mean, listen, yeah, like he's, he he'll kick your ass. Uh, I'm a big Bradley guy, I'm a big Kendall guy, mostly because of music. It's not even my favorite genre of music, but my favorite Peloton genre of music is usually pop punk and like metal, which is I don't listen to that ordinarily, but I just feel like that's my favorite kind of stuff to ride to, and they do a lot of that. And while I love the Rihanna, see, like Cody does new artists a lot. He's like a lot of the pop, as you mentioned, the diva stuff. That just doesn't get me going. That doesn't make me PR, Michelle. I need I need some like weird emo music to get me to PR. Yeah, Steve needs some yellow card in the mix. Oh, give me Ocean <laughs> Avenue. Oh my goodness, some Coheed and Cambria. Give me some like down with the sickness. Like this is the stuff that I need. Oh, uh, by the way, yellow card coming to New York in the summer. And I have a friend who's on tour with them. And I may be able to hook us up if you want to uh, come to the city. <laughs> I could not be more in. I love love yellow card. Uh, what is it? Way away. Ocean's Avenue. Come on. That's like there are a couple of pop emo punk bands that I go back to. They're one of them. Blink's obviously one of them. Uh, what the I forget the name of the band, but it's the Dear Maria song that now is on TikTok and Instagram all the time. Because oh, I, I got the picture, I'm coming with that song. Everybody, it's My amazing. Chemical Romance. No, but they're fantastic too. All they're American all group, Rejects. Not as much All American Rejects. My Chemical Romance, by the way, who just came out with an album. One of the my favorite bands of all time. Uh, Helena, come on, please. Let's go. Chef's Never kiss. heard it. I don't know. Uh, that's ridiculous. And it's a fantastic uh, 30 Seconds to Mars, another great Peloton. I just, these, these like email, really emotional, like rock, pop, punk ballads. For some reason, they just get me going. They get the endorphins flowing. You get off the Peloton bike and you paint your nails black. <laughs> yeah, put some eyeliner on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. totally. They're dying a blue streak in my hair. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Steve, uh, the, I checked, and the last time we did this was December 22nd. We are now, uh, tomorrow's April 1st. <laughs> yep. By the time this drops, it will new be year, new us. <laughs> approaching the four-month mark. So let's do a quick catch-up. What have you been up to since then? I mean, how's the dad life going? I know uh, not on pod, we talked last week, that you did some solo dad. Adding. How has that been? Maddie went to, she had like a work conference thing in Vegas from Saturday to Wednesday. And so, yeah, it was just me and, I, and our girl, Marlo, just, just holding down the fort with the two dogs. And it was great. She's a good kid. And I don't, again, I, people are going to hate me for saying this. I've said this on a few pods and different things. I said it at the live show on Rosillo's pod and people were like, uh, groaning or whatever. We are fortunate. It hasn't been that hard. 
parenting so far has not been that hard. Now, granted, I'm not the one breastfeeding. It's way harder for my wife, Maddie, um, with the, with the constant pumping and all that stuff. But as far as just like being around her, it's honestly gotten easier too. Cause initially you're just, you know, she's kind of a potato. You're keeping her alive. It's feed diapers, sleep, right now. She like laughs at stuff. You can play with her. She grabs all this shit. She's got some teeth coming in. It's amazing. Like I, I love it. And she's just the best. The coolest thing ever is she goes to daycare now too, which is also why it's easier. You know, I could actually work during the day and pick her up at the end of the day from daycare. But when you pick her up at the end of the day and see her just dumb face smiling at you and she's got like snots all over her face and bubbles coming out of her mouth, like it's just the best. It just is the best. So the solo dadding thing, it was awesome. It was really easy. I, I got a lot of Uber Eats because I couldn't really leave the house um, at certain hours. So that was fun. Um, but uh, yeah, like we spent a lot of quality time together. So it was a lot of fun. I love that. Um, I also love that you don't think parenting is hard so far, which means that either she's going to be a terror as a teenager or your second kid is going to be an absolute nightmare. That's the rule. I think I think what happens is and I've, I think I've been on record saying this before, like toddlers scare the shit out of me. Uh, <laughs> I thought not that I didn't think babies would be hard, but I was like, yeah, whatever. But I've always been like, OK, when they're running around, they're sticking like forks and outlets and they're like, you know, grabbing stuff off the counter and they could fall and hit their head somewhere like that's terrifying to me. That's going to be very, very difficult right now. She's not really mobile. She hasn't even rolled over yet. She can roll on her side, but she can't fully roll over. Um, she started sleeping in her crib, which is cool. And she, she loves it in there. She's a great sleeper for the most part. Um, she's been sick, mildly sick for the better part of three weeks. We've got a lot of snots and a lot of coughing, which is pretty disgusting. Not going to lie. But, you know, I'm, I'm also fortunate. Like I work from home. So like, you know, I go downstairs to go to work. It's not like I have some nine to five where I'm laying bricks for eight hours a day. I'm sure that would make my life much more difficult when I come home and they have to entertain a kid. But like, again, I, I know people are going to say, I, I say this a little bit tongue in cheek. It is hard to raise a kid. Like I'm not just being a total asshole. But she's good. Honestly, it's it's definitely been easier than, than I expected. Okay, so Steve's update: parenting is easy. He's thriving as a dad. Everybody should do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no surprise there. My update is: anyone that has been following along on this podcast knows that I love St. Louis and Steve, our soccer team, City, undefeated, historic, historic start to the season, four wins, nil losses. I mean, it's unreal. Nil. It's been, no. You got the lingo down. I'll yeah, love, I'm, love I'm, I love to work in a nil when I can't, even though that's not correct. But uh, yeah, historic start undefeated. Have you been watching the games? Because you have been a supporter of City since its inception. I knew that they were undefeated. I knew they were doing well uh, just through following like on Twitter. I haven't watched any of the games. I have to admit, I am not a good, I'm what some U.S. soccer fans think is a poser or like a, a tool is that <laughs> I do prefer watching the European version more than the domestic version. I still love the MLS though. MLS is one of the most fun leagues in the world of any sport. It's fucking insane because the talent level obviously isn't as high. So like there's crazy, but these guys are still really skilled, mm -hmm. but I call it the league of bangers. Cause there's just like crazy goals that get scored all the time, whether it's a shot from 40 yards out, you know, a curler into the upper 90 or like a massive goalkeeper mistake. It seems like every other game, something insane happens in an MLS game. And that's why the league is so fun. So like, if you're a purist and I'm not, I'm not saying I am, but some people are like, Oh, the, the, the product sucks. All right. Is it as good as, you know, the champions league? No, but like, if you watch it, and you're just there to enjoy and have a good time. It is such a fun league. And St. Louis being 5-0, and I mean, usually the expansion teams suck for the most part. Like, it takes them a few years to kind of get their feet under them. Although, like, recently some of the expansion teams have been good. I think Atlanta won a title, like, their first or second. No, not their first year, but, like, maybe their second or third year in the league. They also, by the way, have, like, 70,000 people on average in that stadium. I think they outdraw the Falcons in that uh, Georgia Dome. So wow. it's a popular ass sport and it does seem like it's super popular in St. Louis too. I mean, it seems like the fans are getting behind it. You got a podcast on it. So I couldn't be more happy because I don't have an MLS team and they're kind of my team. So yeah. once playoff time and like the end of the season comes around, I'll, I'll hop on the bandwagon. I'll, I'll be one of those loser fans. But for now I'm, I'm casually watching from afar and I'm very proud. 
Uh, well, thank you for your support and your pride. And when St. Louis gets to the playoffs and is on the precipice of winning an MLS cup, you owe me a trip to St. Louis. We'll make sure that you come and we, we do it proper. That's fair. I do want to get to the same because again, soccer specific stadiums are so dope. That's the thing here in, in the Northeast. We've got the revs uh, and we've got NYCFC. And then a little bit further, we've got the uh, New York Red Bull, which is in New Jersey, but the New York Red Bull, who are like kind of the least glamorous of all the teams, they have their own soccer stadium. It's the best environment of any of the clubs because mm-hmm. it's just it's, it's just the perfect stadium to watch the sport. NYCFC, they play at Yankee Stadium. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh, the Revs play at Gillette. It's way too big. It's the football field thing is just way too it's way too massive. It doesn't you don't get to like the intimacy of being like on top of the players and seeing all the action, and whatever. And uh, you know, so I definitely want to get to the St. Louis Stadium. It looks awesome. City Park. I'll see you there in the postseason. Okay. So another update that I know that you had given me is that your parents are selling their house, right? And you Correct. recently went in and went through your childhood bedroom. We have not discussed this yet. I just know that it happened. So the floor is yours, Steve. Tell me what you found in your childhood bedroom. So yeah, so my parents selling the house. They're going through, you know how you have those Tupperware boxes or those big containers of just stuff from like kindergarten, stuff from birth, stuff from prom trophies or whatever. I had many of those and basically a full attic full of just shit that I hadn't seen in or touched in a decade, two decades. Some I haven't even touched since I was like a baby. And so we're going through this stuff and it's just hysterical because one, you know, it's, it's just trophies from dumb little league tournaments that I played in a lot of runner up trophies, by the way, your boy wasn't a winner back in the day. I'll say that's too many runner up trophies, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of medals. Not not some participations, but not not that many participation trophies. But it'd be like runner up for the fall classic or second place in this. And I'm like, man, I was a loser. This sucks. Um, and you know, my mom's like, you don't want to keep these. I'm like, what am I going to do with these trophies? Like, what what is and the amount of things that would be in these boxes in the attic that my mom would be like, well, you don't want to keep that. And I would just be like, Angela, that's my mom's name. I call her Angela. <laughs> what what do you what do you see in the next like year, two years, three years of me keeping some of this stuff? It's gonna sit in this box until the day that I die. It's like trophies, it's you know, my christening outfit, like clothes oh. from when I was a kid, journals and diaries from when I was in like fifth grade. Oh, I did I God. read some of them and I do have some some information on that. They're they're funny, but again, you're ne- you never look at this stuff. I don't want to keep it. So I did keep a couple of like select things. I had one box that I did take home. Most of it was full of yearbooks and stuff. But the amount of just schlock in there that I had wanted nothing to do with. And my mom was like, how could you throw that away? I'm like, we are just on a completely different page right now. Okay. So I have two follow-ups here. Number one, this is an amazing question. Where do all the old trophies go to die? Like there should be a place when you go through all of your belongings and you find the trophies that you send to like a trophy graveyard. So I think I've seen some in like pawn shops. Don't like people reuse them because you could just take the plates off of them and put like a new plate on yeah. it. So I, mine got thrown out because some of them were just broken flat out uh, broken. So it, like, it's not like somebody was going to like want to repair that and reuse it. But I do think I've seen them at pawn shops. You can okay. buy those giant bowling ones. You know, those ones are like yeah. seven layers and they're like totally. seven feet high. Yes. You can buy those at pawn shops. Now, I didn't have any of those. The, my tallest one was probably, I don't know, like. Well, feet, it was second place. Feet. <laughs> there were a couple winners once in there, but yeah, mostly, mostly not non-winner trophies. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. Again, I don't, I just didn't know what to do with it. And the same thing with the christening outfit. What do I do with that? You know, put your daughter in it. I don't know. Not, but it's not the, she's a girl. I don't like, I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense. Like I, I know it's sentimental. I know it's a cool thing, but what is it going to do for the rest of your life? Other than just sit in this box until the day you die. Like nothing, it's, there's no use for it. 
So it's so funny you say that because I'm going home next week and I don't even know how we got on the subject of this, but my mom has her wedding dress and was like, I kept it in case you would want it, but it's so out of style now. I didn't know what you would even do with it. And I go, and weren't you like a hundred pounds dripping wet? Like, I don't even think I'm going to fit into it. <laughs> Thanks mom. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? I definitely won't fit into that. And we were like, when I go home, we should unbox it and I'll try it on and see if it fits and decide what to do with it. Or if I could ever yeah. repurpose it for some reason. So that will be an interesting story. Me trying on my mom's wedding dress from the eighties. That would be awesome. I want to see pictures. Uh, yes, and also I, I think Maddie, ha Maddie has hers. Like I get that though. I get a, a wedding dress. I understand. Um, you know, I'll probably keep my wedding suit, right? Uh, even though yeah. I'm, I don't know. I actually have worn my wedding suit since the wedding because it's like a nice. suit that I like wearing. So I'm like, why am I going to wear it once? But there's just so much stuff in there. I'm trying to think. The other funny thing was we were going through pictures and, you know, my mom obviously wants me to keep all these pictures, but I'm like, most of these are on Facebook or online or we don't need physical copies of these pictures. But we did get into some of the old prom photos. Man, let me tell you, my parents did an excellent job raising me. They're incredible parents. Uh, I learned, you know, pretty much everything I know about life from my parents. I think I'm doing all right. So like, that means that I think they did a pretty good job. Totally. But I look back at some of these fashion choices, Michelle, and I'm like, how could you let me wear a full white tux with like a teal tie? How is this something you were like, yep, son, I'm going to let you like dad. I was like, dad, you don't want to intervene here. He's like, well, I don't know. I thought it looked good at the time. And I'm like, I, I, it's just one of those things where like, I think as a dad or a mom, you need to be like, cause for example, I always give my mom credit for this. I want to get frosted tips when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. And she was like, no. And I thank my mom for that. Cause now I'm like, thank God. That was just a stupid look. I'm like, you couldn't have done the same thing for me wearing a white tux to prom. Like, come on, help me out a little bit. But also to your dad's point, it was probably really fresh at the time. It, it was pretty bad. Now this, you, again, people who are listening to this pod understand the era that we're coming from. This is like the area of your boys, like Murphy Lee, Nelly and Cameron and like all these people that oh, just shout out Cameron where like the white, the white tux and the white suit was kind of a thing now as like a suburban pale white dude from central Connecticut, probably not the look we were looking for. Um, but I, I wore two separate white tuxes to prom senior year. And it just, I look back and I go, I couldn't just wear like a plain, cool, like classic black one. That's so not me too. Now I would, I would wear a black tux, right? I would be, I would do the classic thing. I wouldn't like step out of bounds. And Instead, I was trying to be like the next, I don't know, Asher Roth or white rapper who was trying to make it big. It's It was incredibly, incredibly embarrassing. But I don't know. I guess people could make fun of me. My kids could look back and be like, Dad, what a freaking loser you were. I love looking back on those old drafts where it's draft day for the NBA guys and they're drowning in their suits. Oh, the the famous, I think it was, was it 2003 when everybody was wearing just was like- Was that Mellow? It was, was it Mello, Mello, LeBron, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Wade, Bosch. They're all wearing, I think one of the, Drew Gooden was like one of the ones I remember. <laughs> he was just wearing, I mean, he was swimming in this jacket. The jacket went down to like his knees. And totally. that's, luckily mine fit well. Like it wasn't that, I wasn't like a huge baggy clothes guy, but just the color, the color combos. You're like, we, again, this is why we've said this. We've been early on this on the pod. Early 2000s fashion is, I would argue the worst fashion that has ever happened in the history of the 80s. I think it's close, but 80s man. Man, early 2000s was terrible. But now all these TikTokers, these Gen Zers, they're bringing it back. They want to wear all the stuff that we wore back then that was terrible. And I keep looking at them. I see them on TikTok being like, gauchos. Seems like a good play. I'm like, take it from Jokers, yeah. me. <laughs> gauchos, comfortable, not figure flattering. You're going mm -hmm. to regret that look later. Yeah, we like the body positivity. But yes, maybe, you know, there is something to be said about wearing things that make your body look good. Uh, 
again, not, not trying to be negative here. Don't come at me. I'm just saying like, there are ways, like I know how to, how to fit. I have a very slim frame, right? There's clothes that I can't wear because it makes me look weird as a slim guy. Um, just kind of like one-on-one of, of getting dressed, but I've never been more out of touch. I've never felt more old. I've never been more old, but I've never felt more old than when <laughs> dealing with TikTok and Gen Z people, because it just, it just scares the crap out of me. Where are you at, by the way? On what I've, I've been reading all this stuff about people banning, wanting to ban TikTok. I don't really get it. I guess I kind of get it, but what's that going to, is that going to piss everybody off and just make everybody even more weird? I don't think it'll affect me that much. I do have a TikTok account. I do peruse from time to time. There is some funny stuff on there. You were right. Definitely. It, there's been some funny stuff, but it it is still kind of so much of the same stuff over and over. And that's what I don't like, but I get it. So I saw this, speaking of TikTok, I saw this video. I think I saw it on Instagram, but it probably originated on TikTok where this girl was like, okay, so China might have my data. Cool. Take all my data. Like, what are you going to find in my data? <laughs> my, my Uber Eats orders and my, yeah, like, cool. Yeah. If you get the data from my algorithm, it's, it, I don't take it. Like whatever you want from the data you can have. And I was laughing that because I'm like, whether it's TikTok or everybody's got every piece of information, the big tech companies, they know everything about us. Like they already know everything about us. I don't really care what you do with it because it's already out there anyway. I totally agree. I, I, I don't The data thing doesn't scare. Maybe it should. Maybe there's a, yeah, maybe we're probably going to come on and be like, somebody's going to come on and be like, you guys are idiots. Here's exactly why you're being screwed over. And you're probably right. I just, I like being oblivious to that. I don't know, man. I don't sure have my data. This is what my Google search history is. I'm not afraid. Um, but, yeah, I'm unafraid yeah. too. Yeah, you like, know what you'll see in there. Comfortable is my like, own skin, Michelle. You know what? <laughs> let's see what the last thing I Googled was. This oh, geez. Funny. My Google is going to be like FIFA ratings slash Wordle. There's nothing sexy or, or whatever in there. Let's see. Wait, what do you So you're just going to start a new Google tab and see what Wait, you search? Wait, this is so funny. The last thing I Googled was mid ankle socks. <laughs> let's see. Wow, really cool, Michelle. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I do love I, a good mid ankle sock, though. To so be honest with I you. wear the crew socks when I work out, but it, then your ankle, you know, I'm walking around oh. here a lot. Your ankle's exposed, it gets cold. Microfiber doormat was my last, <laughs> <laughs> was my last one. We are such losers. Oh my God. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, just because you know, the dogs they get they pause, they get dirty. Yeah, I'm just like, 100%. all right, I'm trying to look for some solutions, but uh, I don't know. We're, we're not your experts on TikTok, but we're also not super worried about. Uh, the last thing yeah, I, I Googled that. before that, I just hit back twice, was a maxi length jean skirt. <laughs> That's let me go back one more time, too. Uh, yeah, FIFA 2023 ratings, best center backs in FIFA. There you go. <laughs> I'm oh not that God. exciting. Uh, one more back skinny taste tuna salad recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I do love a good, I, I found an incredible, uh, <laughs> an incredible uh, tartar sauce recipe on, nice. on like, again, because you, know, you can buy it in the, in the bottle or you can make it yourself, make it yourself kids. It's always better. Always um, better kids. Always better. So half mine is probably recipes as well. One last thing really quick before we move on about me yes. going home. This, yeah, was please hyster- this was absolutely hysterical. So as I mentioned, going through photos and stuff, and I brought up the prom thing because, you know, there's a picture of me and my ex-girlfriend who I've dated throughout high school with no ill will, whatever. She's nice. I think she's, you know, doing well, happy, happy to see it. I pull, I start pulling up the pictures and it's pictures of us like at prom or at homecoming. And my mom gets all like weird and quiet. And she's like, and Maddie wasn't there by the way, cause she was in, in Vegas. And she's like, Oh, well, we can't keep these. We'll, th- we'll, we'll throw those away. She was weirded out by the fact that I was in a picture with someone that I dated in high school. Like Maddie was going to be upset if we had a picture of me from prom. I'm like, mom, it was like 20 years ago. Like I'm pretty sure 
we're good now. We're we're all over it. Like we're adults. Like Maddie's not gonna come home and be jealous because I have a picture of me in prom. She's gonna be more mad about the white tux than she was about me going to prom with some ex-girlfriend. It was just such a weird mom moment where I'm like, Ange, it's fine. I can be in photos with my ex-girlfriend. Yeah, you were like, I hate to break it to you, mom, but Maddie also went with someone else to prom. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, like it's like everybody probably didn't date their prom date or didn't marry their prom date. It's okay. But like she just got so like weird over and she's just like, Oh, we can't keep this. We'll, we'll throw that one away. And I'm like, no, we're keeping this because I look like an idiot in this picture, not because I'm, you know, with somebody that I used to date. It was just such a strange, you have to know my mom to know this, but I'm like, God, this is, uh, this is uh, something weird. I think one of the funniest things about me is that I was voted in high school, most likely to get married. And I'm now the only person <laughs> I think in my graduating class that is not married. Wait, so you were, okay. <laughs> what, what vibes did you give off that you were, were you a serial dater? Because you, did no, you date I, I, I dated the same guy for like 10 years. And at that, okay. our senior year, we'd been dating for four years. We were the longest tenured couple, you know, we'd yeah. been together forever. And in the photo, it's him holding me over the threshold. You know what I mean? How you carry the bride. So you know what did I'm people think you guys were like going to get married? Yes, everyone did. Wow. Well, I mean, we dated, we dated all four years of college. We dated a long time. He's an angel. God bless him. Uh, again, happy. He has a great life. I, I hope. And, um, you know, I moved away. I, it, it was yeah, life happens. It's hard. Life like, happens. It, yeah. it was not a bad breakup by any means. I, he, I love his family. It was all good, but I just, it is so funny to me that I was voted <laughs> most likely to get married. And now everyone I know is married except for me. Yeah. But you know what? I think one, you got to do some dope shit. And like, cause I think about this too, cause, <laughs> cause when I, I'll you know, bring this full circle too. the girl that I dated in high school, like I dated her for a long time and I was like, Oh, I'm going to marry this girl. Like this is, you know, cause you're just young. You don't really know what relationships are like. No, and, and you, you have just, no scope of the world. Like no, you your, think, your world you think is it's like so important. Yeah, yeah. You think every, you think, you know, obviously your first relationship is it's the only thing you have to go off of. So it's, it's like, it's literally life or death for you. Uh, <laughs> and I look back and like, she's great. Like it was nothing. It just, I'm glad we it didn't happen that way because I just don't think it would have worked out in the long run. But if I had gone through with that, think about how like weird your life would be and how different things would be. You wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to do the cool shit that I've done. Same thing, I think with you. Like you're just we wouldn't be doing this podcast. I no, we wouldn't. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even know you. Like I don't even know no. if I would have worked at ESPN. I don't because like just the domino effect of like how that happened and like what my life went when I didn't date this person. It's kind of crazy. But in the time, in the moment, you're like, oh yeah, like I'll th this is going to be my forever whatever, my forever person, and. uh and just looking through those pictures again, it like brings back these weird memories. You're like, I was such a different dude back then. I was way more emotional. I was way more, I don't know, like, you know, now, like now nothing, I don't really give a shit about anything anymore. Uh, and back then, like, I remember I would just, whether it was like in, guys and girls, like I would just be super, you know, not argumentative, but like, I always wanted to be right. And like, I was kind of a little bit abrasive and definitely Which is so funny emotional. So yeah. And now, uh, now I'm just like, oh, cool. You want to think that? Like, I don't really give a shit. Just yeah. do, do you, man. I don't I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm too tired to argue about this stuff. <laughs> I'm solo dad in, okay? I don't have time for this. But it's just funny to look back and be like, man, like you're going down memory lane. I'm looking at like old football photos. I'm like, man, that was, a, I was never meathead Steve, but like, cause I wasn't big, but I had like a meathead attitude in that way. Like I was like a jock loser athlete. And I'm just like, man, I couldn't be further from that right now. It's very, it's just very, very foreign to look back and kind of like go down memory lane. It is so funny to think about what your life would have been like, had you not made the series of choices that you made. Right. And Speaking of TikTok, I saw this TikTok. I actually, okay, I want to throw, run this by him. So I saw this TikTok and it was um, these two guys and they were talking about how if girls only knew their success rate or what their success rate would be if they shot their shot, they would be 
shocked. So the girl asking the guy, the girl like, yeah, just like going first, up making hitting, the first move. Hit, yeah. Making the first move, hitting on a guy, asking them out. Cause they were saying guys don't get complimented. Girls get complimented from their other guys. You're hot. Uh, this, the, girls hype each other up. Like my girlfriends all the time are like, Oh, your hair looks fire. Like, I love that fit. You look, you were so, you're so fun. Like all of these things, right. Where guys don't necessarily, they certainly don't get that a lot of times from other girls and they got Guys don't really express that to each other. Like your guy no. friends aren't like Steve. Oh my God, your fit is sick today. Like I your skin is glowing, <laughs> dude. You're drinking a lot of water. Guys don't do that. So they were saying that if girls would shoot their shot, that guys would be so flattered and taken aback and into the confidence that they're like 99.9% of the time, you're going to get a positive response. Like if you go up and hit on a guy, he's probably going to respond positively. And it made me wonder. Okay. First, I want to get your take on that, but it also made me wonder what if in some sort of alternate reality, four or five times in your life, like maybe every 15 years or so, you got a list of all the people that were into you that were too afraid to do something about it. Whether it was like a guy, a guy at a bar that saw me it. and thought I was cute <laughs> and never hit on me or a coworker, you know, it could be as insignificant as someone passing you on the street or as profound as someone that you thought was your friend that really wanted to be with you. But I just wonder how many times in your lifetime are people too afraid to shoot their shot and you would have wanted to be with them? Well, to answer the second part first, I would say that's terrifying. I don't think it's <laughs> healthy for anyone to know how many people throughout their whole life would have been interested in, you know, like them. Cause that's just, that opens up a can of worms where it's like, oh wait, so so-and-so is into me. Like I could have, I could have dated so-and-so like, you know, someone that you may have thought was completely out of your league or that wasn't even remotely interested in you or that you didn't even, it wasn't even on your radar. Like, that to me is scary because then you start looking back and you start living in the past and I don't have anxiety, but that gives me anxiety thinking about like, oh man, like that would just fuck me up. I feel like, and I'm, and I think it would really fuck other people up who like can't, who don't you know deal with that kind of stuff. Well, so I don't, I don't really think that would be good. I'm not one of those people like, oh, don't live in the past or whatever. But like, I do think it is true. You shouldn't look back and be like, what could have been? Cause that kind of fucks you up mentally, you know, like the worry about what's in yes. front of you. So I, I really think this is just opened up a can of worms. That would be a disaster. Okay. But two things here. One, I think it might give people more confidence if they were like, Hey, I think that guys don't like me. And here's a list of 50 dudes that wanted to, I'm just giving a number 50 dudes that wanted to shoot their shot, but they were too worried about rejection. It's not about me. It's about them. And I also wonder if, again, you're doing this at checkpoints in your life. If the first time, let's say the first time is at 21, right? Like you get your license, you get a beer for the first time and you get your list of people that wanted to shoot their shot at you. I wonder if you'd be less likely to settle if you knew that, hey, there are people out there that are interested in me and maybe I'll be more bold in asking people out moving forward or, or maybe I, instead of just wanting to feel comfortable and secure, will wait for somebody that really makes me feel like I've been lit on fire. You know, I just wonder how it would frame our perceptions of ourselves and our lives. I hear you. I don't love the term settle though, because- <laughs> Well, Again, why do you think so many people are getting divorced, Steve? Because they feel like they need to make a choice at a certain point in their life. And they're like, you're good enough. Yeah. But I also think there are plenty of people that get divorced. They get married early because they think that this is like the one and it's great. And then they, they actually True. just kind of grow out of it. I, I don't know that that maybe I'm wrong. I don't know that that has anything to do with like the divorce rates. I just think there's, it's one of those things where there's, there's not one person for you out there. There's probably millions of people out there that you could potentially be compatible with to be able to marry and live your life with. 
Millions is aggressive. Thousands, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about yeah, millions. millions is aggressive. <laughs> we, yeah, that, all right. So thousands, um, definitely hundreds. But knowing that information now, like, how is that going to, for example, like if all these people were in your twenties that you knew were interested in you, but you're in your thirties now, like, how is that going to help you? I don't think it's going to help you at all. I think it would, would be interesting. This will never happen. This is like some weird dystopian thing, or maybe this is what um, our guy Zuckerberg or whatever is going to do in, in Meta. But like, if you yeah. walk into a bar. And you either like got like a red light above your head for a green light or like so, there was some way of knowing that, yes. hey, we're we it's almost like in real time Tinder. We're like, we're attracted to each other. OK, let's go talk to each other instead of one person being like, are they into me? Should I go over there? They give me mixed signals. That to me would be helpful. Not knowing years and years later if this person was actually into you or not. But think about how messed up that would be if you are walking through the bar and I look this way and I'm like, oh, he's hot. <laughs> <Red. And> he's <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd be like, well, I'm out of here. Yeah, that'd be that'd be rough. That'd be rough. And we thought, you know, I know we have depression issues now. That might uh, that might not do super well <laughs> out there. I don't know. I'm I'm just throwing it out there. But I'm just saying, I don't think it would help you to know that your high school or your college crush or somebody like you met in your early 20s now was interesting. Like that wouldn't help me now. That would just make me feel weird, to be honest with you. Okay, this is again dystopian, but good movie idea. Let's pitch this to Rosillo. He can write the script, okay? He's a writer if you haven't heard, yeah. He's a writer. He's <laughs> he's he's in Hollywood, he's a writer. So, you get the list at some point in your life. It's like list day of all the people that were into you at some point that were afraid to shoot their shot. And even if you're married or whatever, you get one chance in your life. If you Whoa. choose to take it to do it over like, okay. So that time we walked in the bar, there are certain moments or, or people or things in your life where you, even if it wasn't super significant, it was still impactful. Let's say I'm again, just throwing this out there, like in high school, I went on vacation and there was a guy that I saw that was so hot. And I always remember him as being so hot. And we flirted at the pool on our family vacations. And this was pre-Facebook and I could never connect with him, but it was such a vibe, right? Like puppy love. And I am in my thirties and they give me the list and he's on the list that like he wanted to reach out to me, but he didn't. And you get, you get a chance to do it over. If you had a significant other, but you always kind of wondered about this other person, mm. would you pull the record on your life? I just feel like I, one, definitely a great idea for some sort of, you know, black mirror episode, but yeah, black mirror. I've again, never watched it, but yeah, I think in theory, it's like, Oh, that'd be awesome. Yes. And all these people would do it, but how do you know that's going to work out? I think that would fail. No, you 90... don't. It's a risk. But I think a lot of people would be like, oh yeah, I'd do it. But then I would say 99% of those people are going to, it's going to end miserably because yeah, because you don't you know what they're like. And yeah. You don't know what they're like now. That's a risk too. It'd like be he one could thing... have been so hot and now he's doesn't even look the same. It'd be one thing if it was, you know, your neighbor in high school, right? And like you guys always were like close friends, but you ne no one ever really crossed the line. And then nothing ever happened you both go on and live your lives but you were like really close and then you both end up getting married or something and it's like oh she was into me like i could have actually done something maybe that's one thing but if it's somebody you knew on a trip like on a, on a you've been <laughs> on a cruise and like in i don't know in, in the bahamas for like 48 hours you're like hey i'm gonna drop everything in my life my kids my wife i'm gonna shoot my shot with this girl that i knew when i was 18. wait that's you just... mean taylor from the sea breeze was into me <laughs> that's just gonna that's just not gonna end super well so I don't know. Again, this would be a great, a great Black Mirror episode, but there's no like there's just no way that would work out. I just think that would fuck you up or that would actually help you. But back to the original concept, there's a lot of things online about this. But somebody said, if you walked out of your door 
and a hundred different people came up to you and complimented you, you'd be overwhelmed. You'd be like, I am the actual shit. Like a hundred strangers just took time out of their day to tell me I was great. But if you get a hundred likes on a photo, it's like a fail. Right? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, and they were, it's just this concept of, I wonder how it would impact us to know, actually, there are a lot of people that are interested in you. And it's, I just think that it's more about our own ego and our own fear of rejection, why we don't shoot our shot more than we Definitely. should. Definitely. Male or female. Definitely. And how that might impact our confidence moving forward if we knew, hey, you're actually like a very attractive and amazing person. I will say, uh, did you see everything everywhere all at once? No. So it did it's win best it did win best picture. It is okay. a movie. I thought it was okay. It won best picture. I thought it was okay. I thought it was overrated. I don't think it was bad. I enjoyed watching it. Mm -hmm. But the whole, I bring it up because the whole premise of the movie is there's these alternate universes where like you're a different version, you're a different version of yourself, depending on whatever decisions you make in your life. And there's like legitimate science to bit to back up the fact that we do live in a universe with parallel universes where like every decision you make branches off into something different. And all of those exist at the same time, right? So like, you know, if I never, if you didn't break up with someone in high school and you ended up going on to marry them, every decision like has its own branch. So like that version of you does exist somewhere else. So the, the, the version of you that did shoot your shot with that guy in, in the Bahamas, our guy, or whatever, when you're 18 does exist, right? Uh, that kind of fascinates me. So there could be a version out there of you that is, you know, super pumped living with living the dream and it <laughs> did work out for you. And you're not, you know, 30 with, with two kids and kind of miserable in your life or whatever. Um, that is, that is kind of cool and a weird and interesting concept. Uh, to get back to your thing about girls complimenting guys though. Yeah. That sounds great in theory. Like, obviously, you know, th that's the funny thing about, I feel like, I don't know if whether it's like feminism or equality or whatever, but yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be really cool if like girls ask guys out and like, we're much more forward with them, but it's just never going to happen. Like, it's just, I, I don't think that I'm sure it does happen. So like the person to, to the one girl who's like, Hey, I'm fire on dudes all the time. I'm happy for you. Good for you. Like you're living <laughs> your life, but it's just, it's not the norm. I don't think it ever will be the norm. It's always kind of like the guy's job to sort of, it's just how society is. Now I will say my wife, she's the one that basically, you know, I don't, I don't know. She, she put the first foot forward. She made the first move with she me. Pursued you. I would have been pretty oblivious to it. And again, think about how weird that was. Like, it's a perfect example of like, if more girls did do that, like Maddie did that with me, I would have never married Maddie if she didn't do that. Cause I probably wasn't going to make the first move because I'm a bit of a wuss and I'm like a little bit nervous and scared around situations, especially at like bars. Like I'm not the kind of guy that goes out and like just starts hitting on girls at bars. So I would encourage girls to do it, but it's just, I just don't think it's going to be a thing that actually happens. Can you imagine if you obviously pre Maddie and your youth were at a bar and you're just sitting there and a girl walks up and she's like, wow, you must've been working out. Your arms look huge. You'd be like, what? Yeah. Are those, are those J crew chinos? Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> are those, are those, are those Sperry boat shoes? Oh my God. I love boat shoes. Oh my God. A nautical <laughs> vibe. Amazing. <laughs> I like It'd be great. I mean, and here's the thing. Guys would love it. Guys, cause, cause guys love attention guys. They really do. So I think if a girl, a girl paying attention, obviously like you have to kind of be attracted to her. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the girl paying you attention and paying you compliments and like being really forward like that, I think that would be really attractive to guys. And I think it would work way more than the other way around. Like I think way more, it'd be much easier for a guy to pursue a girl and have it work out than a girl pursue a guy and have it work out. Girls are way more picky. It's harder to crack that kind of inner circle. There's a lot more factors than that go into it. Guys are just kind of stupid and simple. And they're like, Hey, this girl's kind of cute. And she's into me and she likes my chinos. Well, let's do it. We're, I'm in. Wow. A natty light, a great choice. <laughs> yeah. You must be a really smart and cool guy. Is that your six bud light? Wow. That's incredible. <laughs>
I saw you on the pool table. Not great, but you're cute. Yeah. Yeah. Your, I your also, darts game is on. It's not great, but hey, you know what? It's all right. I also wonder, I've never had to think of a pickup line in my life. I just have never. I've never used the pickup line in my life, so it's fine. Okay. So we're in the same. This would actually be a, a funny show to watch girls hit on guys and see what their reaction is. Cause I think that it is guys that do a lot of the heavy lifting, you know, they have to find a way in to break the ice and to talk to you and to keep your interest and buy you a drink or whatever. To your point though, too, about being more aware that more people are into you. I mean, there is a reason that the guys that just fucking sp- like spray <laughs> compliments around and they just see what comes back there's the reason that that guy hooks up a lot because he he doesn't give a fuck he's not afraid of rejection and typically it's right like the girl like if you really pursue them and put in the effort like there's a good chance they're gonna at least entertain you for a little bit unless you're a huge douchebag so (laughs) it it does work it's just easier said than done it's just hard in, in in a setting at a bar in front of other friends in front of her friends to like really put yourself out there i just don't I don't know. I don't know that knowing that the answer is going to more likely be yes makes that any easier because you're still having to really put yourself out there because she could still say no. And we're also having this conversation as if people interact in person anymore and not just online. (laughs) So, Okay. Well, speaking of behavior, this is the last thing that we're going to do. And this was put out on February 2nd and we're just now getting to it. So shouts to us. Love that. So New New York Magazine put out this let's just say this breakdown on societal behaviors. It's called, Do You Know How to Behave? An Exhaustive, Decisive Guide to Existing in Polite Society. And this got a lot of people talking. I like this, okay. And this is just kind of up our alley where they give these little bullet points about things that are how society should function. And I just want to run a few by you, Steve, and you can be the judge and jury on this one, okay? Love it. Okay, so for this, I'll give you two from this category. They're broken down into different categories, friends and lovers. The first one I'm going to throw at you is that New York Magazine says it's okay to ghost after just one date. I actually think that is accurate. And I I don't love that I'm saying that. But yeah, preferably, could you be the nice guy and at least give him or her the courtesy of saying hey i just not you're, you're really nice but i'm not into you but i mean does, is that really going to make that person feel any better it's probably gonna make them feel worse like if you get ghosted at least like there's the oh wait i don't know what happened like maybe they just lost my phone number or something happened or they had a move or something, whatever right i hate that i'm saying i think it's okay but i do think it is okay to ghost somebody every once in a while i think it depends on the situation you know but- like if you were texting a lot after the date and then you just ghost that's weird but if you went on the date and the vibe wasn't there and then you just never follow up and then they don't follow up i think that's fine yeah you just kind of let it die and it's what yeah nobody's really hurt uh you're right i guess yeah if it's it's really steamy first date's awesome you hook up and you're mm-hmm, expecting totally. a second date you never hear from the person again that sucks um yeah 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 we didn't even mention hooking up like if you're yeah, hooking that's... up after one date and then you never hear from them again that sucks yeah yeah i hate that i'm saying yes it depends on the circumstance you're right which is kind of a non-answer but whatever Okay, next one. Never send an edible arrangement. Oh, so we, you and I had a massive disagreement about this via text, didn't we? I yes. think edible arrangements are fantastic. The fruit is delicious. I'm also a big melon guy. Like I think honeydew and cantaloupe is delicious. So if you don't like that, then you're probably not going to like uh, an edible arrangement. But I, I would love to buy one for myself. I love fruit. I eat pineapple like almost every morning. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm the weirdo here, but I'm, I'm, I think that's wrong. I think if you're going to send an edible arrangement, you who are know we that- sending it to? 
Like okay. who are we talking like, about? Let's say, let's say Steve, I was living in St. Louis still and you and Maddie came to visit and I hosted you and gave you a dynamite time. And you're like, oh, we need to send Michelle a proper thank you. Let's shoot her an edible arrangement. <laughs> say, Thanks for hosting us. Uh, I would not do that because that's fucking <laughs> weird. But again, okay, like what I, what I, I don't know, like if, if somebody has like a, had just had a baby and they send us an edible arrangement, hell yeah, that'd be awesome. We're looking for food. It's delicious. It's better than, I love flowers too. So like, I would like flowers as well. Um, but I don't want what like kind a, of flowers you like. Oh, all, I, all flowers. I like tulips. I like, huh? I love a good rose. Whole foods <laughs> actually has very good flowers. Um, <laughs> You know, daisies, love sunflowers. They're not really, really very practical, but I just like the way they look. But I'm a big flower guy. I think flowers are, they just make a house, they make a house and a space look better, period. But if you sent us an edible arrangement after we had Marlo, I'd freaking house that thing. It'd be, I'd be, that'd be awesome. So I I guess you're right. Like I wouldn't send one to you because I know you don't want one. It's kind of like an old people thing too. I feel like parents like edible arrangements more than, you know, younger people do, but who doesn't like eating fruit? Yeah, I just feel like if I had a baby and you wanted to send me some food, send me some tacos and some margs instead of some. Honeydew. That happened too. That you happened too. But you need a balance, like because here's the here's yeah. the thing about I don't want to pull the like, hey, you know, there's the here's the here's the inside track about what it's like to have a kid. But like, you do get a lot of shit like that, and honestly, you get a lot of shitty, not shitty food like tasting wise, but like stuff that's not good for you. Like oh, yeah. you get a lot of casseroles, you get a lot of pasta dishes. Mm-hmm. It's dense, dense, dense shit. Or like Uber Eats stuff and you're not getting that many healthy things from like Uber Eats or whatever. It actually is, it would be good to mix it up with an edible arrangement so you can get a little bit of nutrients in your life. So I actually, I, I'm going to zag here. I think edible arrangements, I underrated. Edible arrangements, sponsor us. Yeah, see, listen, huge fan. we are huge here. Fan. Oh my God, I'm going to see you on Instagram. Like, hey guys, I've heard a lot of you t- <laughs> talking about edible arrangements. Have you tried the new raspberry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love raspberries again. Delicious again, but you don't like you don't like melon, right? I like melon. No, so. that's fine. It's fine. But it's has to my be a la- very it's, firm. It has to be very firm. It's my last choice in the fruit bowl. You know, I'm going pineapple. I'm going blueberry. I'm going strawberry. I'm going banana. If a cantaloupe is there, it's next, and honeydew's at the bottom. Yeah, I don't know. It depends. I, I think I like the mixture. Too much of anything is not good. Like I don't want too many berries. I think too many berries. Yeah, not that great. You got to mix it up. You, you give me like a honeydew and a half of a, a strawberry and pop that in your mouth together. Delicious. The perfect combination. Look at you on the creative track. Okay, next category, strangers and others. This one. Actually, it is great to talk about the weather. Uh, no, I hate the weather. I hate talking about the weather. I'm honestly like oblivious to the weather because I remember, I forget when it was. It was probably end of last year. All my most of my coworkers work in LA, and we were in a meeting, and they're like, "Oh, Steve, are you getting ready for that blizzard this weekend?" And I was like, "What? What are you, what are you talking about?" So somebody in LA literally knew more about the weather in Connecticut than I did. Oh my I, god! You could tell me there's going to be a hurricane tomorrow, and I would not know. I don't check the weather. I, well, I shouldn't say that. I wake up in the morning, I look at what the temperature is, just so I know if I need to wear a jacket or what kind of pants I'm wearing that day. But I I don't look at the weather more than like maybe 48 hours ahead. So I actually hate weather talk. Zag on this one. This is wrong. I couldn't agree more. Living in New York, I've never talked more about the weather because you have to walk everywhere. You're outside a lot. Like, so, man, it's cold. Cool. Yeah. Well, every day I'm like, do I need to carry an umbrella today? Because I can't just run to my car and then run to a parking garage or whatever. Like, I need to have an umbrella if I'm exiting the building. I need to know, do I need a scarf today? Do I need a beanie today? And there's a lot of like, damn, it's cold. Or I thought we'd turn the corner or like, oh, fucking global warming. You know what I mean? There's a lot mm-hmm. of that going on in New York City. Cause that's just, cause it's just, it's the go-to when I don't have anything to say to you, you know, 
I'm more comfortable with silence, but we don't have to talk. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you know, we don't have to do that. The, the irony of this pod being called small talk when I hate small talk is uh, it hasn't been lost on me, but yeah, I don't, it, we don't need to talk about whether or not we've had too much rain in spring. Like I know we, we're all in the same boat. We live in the same area. We could just sit here in silence. It's fine. Except for you who has never looked at the weather once. That's true. I don't, because yeah. I'm like, when I'm not interested in it, too, it doesn't really, again, I don't leave the house anymore. So it doesn't even matter to me. So we're in two completely different vibes there as far as like what our day to day is. But even if I did, I don't care. Totally. Okay. Next one. Never ask anyone what their job is. I don't like that. That's stupid. It's like, system too. I get why you would say that. Cause like I do, but like, yeah, the job, your job doesn't, I shouldn't say that because I like my, what I do. And I like, that that's kind of like what people think of when they think of me is like, Oh, he's, he does media, he's in sports or whatever podcasting. Um, but I understand why people who don't want that to be about their personality, but at the end of the day, like, I still want to know what you do. It's kind of interesting. Even if you're like a boring pharmacist, it's still like, all right, cool, man. Like you went to, you went to pharmacy school. Like, I just want to know your background. I'm not going to judge you on it. I just, I like to know what people do. So I like to ask people questions about what they do too. Not even like in a judging yes. manner, just kind of know what your day to day like. Uh, to me, that's, I'd much rather do that kind of small talk and talk about the weather. Yeah. Not only that, we spend more time at our jobs than we do anything else. So me asking you about your job is asking about your life. Yeah. Like if you're an accountant and you just hate your life and I get why people be like, I don't want to talk about my job, but don't ask me about it. Like, okay, fine. Uh, but I still want to know what you do. (laughs) I think it's kind of important. That's how I am about sports though. I'm always, I, when I meet like dudes out and they're like, Oh, what do you do? Oh, I work in media. And then they're like, what? I'm like, oh, radio. And I always change the subject because I, if you're like, oh, I work for ESPN, they're going to be like, oh, what did you think of the Patriots this year? You know what I mean? You're like, eh, I don't want to well, talk Well, that's different because like you you specifically, I get that why that would annoy, that would annoy the hell out of me too. I, I don't want to talk when someone's like, hey, well, you know, I work for, you know, whatever this, I work for ESPN or I work at the ringer. And they're like, oh, let me give you my Falcons breakdown in like in, in 90 seconds. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good, man. I don't, I don't need the Falcons. I don't even why I don't need to know why they should actually trade from Lamar Jackson. Don't want to hear it. I'm good. I'll, we could talk about like things that I do, but I don't, I don't want the spiel. I don't want your opening monologue of whatever show that you think you're hosting. So I totally agree with you on that. Like it just kind of opens up a can of worms that we don't want to deal with. But if they want to ask me, hey, what do you do? Hey, I work in for you know a, a, a sports blog, website, podcast network. Like that's fine. I don't mind you asking that. So I think that, I don't know. I think it's kind of sensitive and weird to not want to have people ask you about that um i'm always like wow i'm so pumped that you won your fantasy football league i was wondering wow. about <laughs> yeah nobody cares nobody, nobody cares literally okay next one going out and staying in is the next category and they say always be the first one out what so wait wait if you're meeting at a bar like be the first one to be there kind or of? if it's a party be the first one out i think be the first one to leave oh to leave that's what i'm oh assuming. i like that yeah, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big, I'm not staying for that long. Unless it's something I'm really looking forward to. If it's just a function, yeah, I'm not trying to stick around and be the last one there. I leave earlier than I would leave later. I never want to be the first to leave, but I would rather be the first to leave than the last to leave. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's nothing worse than when you're hosting people and you're so tired and someone's hanging on oh, and yeah. you're just like, come on, we got to get this moving. Yeah, um, I'm not, not for me. Work is the next category. It says you can eat anything at your desk in an open plan office. Man, that's a tough call. Like I haven't been in that situation in a while. I remember at ESPN, I used to go, we used to go to the calf and sometimes we eat as a group, but sometimes like I wouldn't have time. So I'd get something quick and I'd come back to my desk and just eat by myself alone. And I actually really did enjoy that alone time, but in an open environment, would I do that? No, probably not. I'm, I'm also one of those guys. I don't really love eating in front of people a ton. So 
And I don't, I don't make eating like a lengthy thing. Like it's just kind of like, let's get in, let's get out, let's get the nutrients and let's move on with our day. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess it depends on what it is too. Like, does it smell? That's my thing. Like, are you really going to heat up day old salmon and force your coworkers to smell Definitely. it? If it's fish, like, if, you're, if you're microwaving fish, you're doing it wrong. Like, I'm sorry, everybody hates you. Uh, and you should not do that, whether it be in an open or a closed work setting. <laughs> um, do that, do that. Like same thing with like hard boiled eggs and pass. Oh. Like, yeah. There was this guy, um, this new show when I was in St. Louis joined the cluster. And on the first day, they they made it into a bit on the show. On the first day that he worked there, he microwaved scallops. Oh my first off, that's <laughs> disgusting. You should never microwave a scallop. You don't let's I, you know me, I love leftovers. I fucking love leftovers. I like them sometimes better than the actual first meal itself. A scallop is probably the worst thing you could possibly have as leftovers. There's no way that keeps oh. scallops, lobster. No, none of that stuff. Any, any sort of like shellfish. No, no, no. Can't do that. So that's- Makes me want to vomit. Yeah. Okay. And last one, Steve, in the category of posting and texting, according to New York Magazine, you should never message someone K. Uh, this is, I believe, a, this is like a Gen Z thing. I've read about this, how like they don't like certain responses to text. They don't like the like thumbs up. Triggering. Like- thumbs up. That's what it was. It was thumbs up which yeah. is insane. Like grow the fuck up, dude. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> K is not my go-to response. I do think there is a little bit of attitude with K. I yeah, usually it feels respond. condescending. It does. Like if it's just a, if someone like says something, you just say K. I don't love it, but I'm also like, it's not like you can't do it. I wouldn't personally do it. I would just say, okay. I don't spell out O-K-A-Y either. It's just okay. Period. Um, <laughs> but, but, a, but like if somebody responded to me with K, it's like back in the day, I remember the... Um, uh, it's, it's actually very funny. We'll come full circle. The girl that I, that I went, that I did in high school forever, she used to always respond to stuff with right. Like, Oh, right. And it was mm-hmm. definitely attitude-y. And I understand like why you would take that the wrong way. So is it wrong? No, but I understand why people wouldn't, would be turned off by it. And I think K is kind of the same way, but I also think some people don't do that intentionally. Like my dad, if he just responds K, it's not because he's being an asshole. He just doesn't know how to type on a phone. So it just depends on who you are. It's situational. Like if if I'm texting with my mom and I say, well, let's meet here. And she says, okay, I'm, I know she's not being rude about it. But if I'm texting with somebody and I don't know them that well and they write K, I think it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, ta- I take it as an attitude. You know, what's funny about this too is have you Slack? Do you Slack at all? I am not a Slacker, no. So this is all 90% of my job. It's just messaging things on Slack to different people because we're all mostly remote. And there is a weird Slack etiquette where if you know somebody really well, like you could just kind of like hop in a conversation and say, hey, could you get me this file? Like email me this thing or like do this task. But if you don't know that person that well, like I, don't you feel like this, there's a pressure there to be like, hey, blank exclamation point, hope your day is like, and just put all these caveats that are nice in front of it before you ask for what you really want, even though none of it, it's all complete bullshit. So it's like, hey, John, Hope your day's going well, like blah, blah, blah. Would you mind sending me over? The- We're all so scared and formal and, and try totally. not to come off as a dick because typing is is weird. You can take something and, and and have it come across as something that is not the way that it was meant to come across from the person who typed it. So I, I get why, again, it's it's all kind of like vibes and weird stuff. K wouldn't bother me. But again, if I if I was like, hey, can you get me this, this file? Can you email it to me by two o'clock tomorrow? And I just get a response K back. I'd probably be like, all right. I don't know if they're super pumped about being, you know, it would just be in my head. I'd be like a little bit weird about it. Like, did they actually like that? Or they kind of think I'm an asshole? What's going on? So I get it. But I think at the end of the day, like if you're doing it with your friends, who cares? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find this meme really quickly. 
This is one of my favorite accounts, Steve, is Midwest versus everybody. And it says, nobody. Midwesterner trying to ask someone for a favor. Hey, could you help me with this thing? Absolutely no pressure, though. Totally okay if you can't. If you'd rather run me over with a car, that's all right. Do you hate me? <laughs> the amount of times that I've been like, hey, like we have a shift tomorrow. Like totally cool if you can't take it. But like, and it's so dumb because it's just, you, you just don't want to come across as an asshole. I don't know. It must be impossible because I feel like people have been talking about this for years, but we need certain fonts. Yes. That indicate the way that we're like a sarcasm font or Correct. a funny font where you don't have to say LOL after everything when you just know that it's supposed to be meant as a funny joke, you know? Yes. I We, we do need this, but there's got to be some reason that hasn't been implemented because we've been talking about this since ever since texting even became a thing like 20 years ago. So I don't know. Well, maybe one day it's coming. Who knows? Okay. Well, Steve, it was so fun to catch up with you. I'm a little bummed, by the way, that you didn't bring your old fifth grade journals and do a dramatic reading of what Steve was like. Uh, One, this is, I totally happy you brought this up because I forgot about it. I did one of my, I was just flipping through pages. I didn't read a lot of them, but there was one page where there was just a couple words written down and it's incredible. Uh, Hold on. Let me actually bring it up. So like, it's, it's not long, but I want to make sure I get it right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's so worth it. <laughs> I can't wait. On. All right. So there yeah, I found it. Okay. You know, one of those like blue journals that it's all like very thin paper, blue cover, um, and just like a glue kind of spine thing. We had in every class basically when we were in elementary school and maybe in middle school. It looks like this if you could see it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is just one page entry March 27th. So almost the, almost uh, to the date, 1996. <laughs> it's dark. It's hot. That's it. That's all I wrote. It's dark. It's hot. <laughs> you know, I no clue what you're. No about. idea why. March twenty seventh, nineteen ninety six. It's dark. It's hot. That's all I wrote. Whole page. <laughs> I, I sent it to my family. I'm like things were apparently bleak in March of ninety six. <laughs> it's dark. It's hot. I wonder if that was about your room. I wonder if it was about. What like what else could that possibly be? I hot chocolate, no hot chocolate, Steve describing it's dark. It's I hot. wish I Maddie and I always talk about like this where our dog Moose, we rescued, he came from Arkansas, and we just have he's not a puppy, he's not young, he's not old. And we're like, why were you he was driven up from Arkansas, was at the Petco in Manchester, Connecticut? We're like, how the hell did you end up here? And right. the amount of money that we would pay just to know what the hell happened to him this i'd be like the amount of money i would pay just to know like why i wrote it's dark it's hot in march of 1996 why did i write this i don't know why and i tried to look at other pages to see if there's any context no because i didn't really write consistently but on that day i just felt like being emo it's dark it's hot that's the perfect way to end this podcast it's dark it's hot um well steve let's get to a review really quickly before we go we have one and um i have to say i met a shelly in the wild Whoa. Okay. Awesome. I was at a bar in New York and I was introduced to someone. He was like, wait, you're friends with so-and-so. And through him, he was talking about your podcast and I'm a Shelly. I listen to your podcast. I love that. I know. And I was like, oh my God, I'll have to tell Steve if we ever do another one. (laughs) Oh, we will. We will. They're just few and far between now. These are like special (laughs) treats now. Yes, yes. Uh, but he gave us five stars. And uh, he says that he thinks we're the best provocative analysts out there, y'all. Okay. Because he I, says that sometimes our topics are provocative. Are we provocative? I don't know that we're provocative. I think we just say shit that, I don't know. Like, I don't think we're controversial. You know, we just kind of like say things that annoy us. And honestly, the, most of the things that Michelle and I agree on are just things that annoy us in general. It's like, oh, yeah. does this piss you off too? Yep. All right, cool. We're on the same page. Awesome. So, sick. 
Yeah. Great. We're bound by negativity, but, uh, but no, I appreciate that. I think, but I don't know. I don't know that we're that provocative. I don't think we provoke anyone. No, we don't have hot takes. Yeah. You know, we, we do like to talk a little bit. We talk shit. It is what it is. We're a little judgy. We talk some shit. Maybe that is a little bit provocative, but I appreciate it. But compared to other podcasts, not provocative. You listen, we're not like Joe Rogan over here, like coming up with like <laughs> random theories about COVID. We just talk about dumb shit. Yeah, I'm not, we're not having Diplo talking about getting BJs oh from gosh. a dude, but it's okay if you don't. What did he say, eye. by the way? Yeah. Like, okay. He said something like it's, it's not gay, right? If you don't, if it's, if, if you, you don't, don't like them. I, yeah. If you don't look at him, it's not gay or something like that. What does that even That's mean? a provocative statement. Yeah. We're again, not, we have, we're not that's doing not, that. That's not a line we're, we're going to cross. So there you go. But I appreciate the five stars. Thank you. Okay, well, that will do it for this unnumbered episode of Small Talk. Steve and I will be back at some point. But until then, ladies, shoot your shot. It's dark. It's hot.